Vegas Nation podcast are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. Hello, Raider fans. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raiders news and analysis. And a big week is upcoming for the Raiders and for the NFL. And it starts literally on Monday when the tampering period uh, begins. And you're going to start hearing a lot of news about a lot of players switching teams right now. And the Raiders making their mark probably pretty early uh, in the game uh, in free agency. Uh, That is for next week. We're going to talk about it uh, right now. Before we bring in our great co-host, Sam Gordon, uh, I'm going to just let everybody know that Vegas Nation podcasts, all of them, are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Uh, Without further ado, Samuel Gordon, uh, fresh off covering a, uh, we used to call it a barn burner. Yeah, yeah. UNLV. Boise State, unfortunately, the Rebels came up on the uh, wrong side of that in the Mountain West uh, tournament. But boy, I sound like a heck of a uh, game last night over at uh, uh, Thomas and Mack. Yeah, Vinny, best atmosphere at the Thomas and Mack, I think, this season, um, bar none. And uh, a great time, just a kind of a reminder of how great of a time of a year it is right now uh, in Las Vegas. You got the Pac-12 tournament going on at T-Mobile Arena. You got the WAC, of course, the Big West uh, so many conference tournaments, uh, so much basketball, and in a couple of days, a little bit of football, too. So uh, the NFL calendar, NFL calendar never stops. You, by the way, returned from the Combine uh, this week. Last time we talked on the pod last week, things were just really starting to, to get going. Uh, before we get into the next few days, Vinny, what were your primary takeaways? How was your Combine experience, first and foremost? How did everything go? And your primary takeaways – uh, from the 2023 NFL scouting combo. Yeah, uh, great experience in Indianapolis. Always uh, a pleasure getting out there and seeing literally the next wave. And this next wave that's coming um, is pretty interesting. And uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. The Raiders need a quarterback. No news flash there. Uh, we all know uh, that that's the case. But my goodness, Sam, uh, the interior defensive linemen that were running like track in field champions uh out on the turf over at lucas oil uh stadium you've got some stud defensive ends linebackers uh, i know it's not a top heavy linebacker uh crew uh but guys like uh, jack campbell from iowa just screams raider player man this dude just scream this guy sam i was talking to him um and uh and he used the word amphibian amphibian mm. to describe linebacker play uh these days right and uh and he said he goes you know any any <laughs> this is what he says he goes it's kind of like a frog man he's like uh you know how a frog can operate and live and survive in water and on land he goes that's kind of how i look at linebacker you know i could i could run i could defend the run uh you're gonna have to defend the pass i could do that he goes so you know and i'm like hey man you use that word right there. You're you're going places like the way he described it, and he had this look in his eyes. It kind of reminded me of a of an Erlacher. I'm not going to say that that's who he's going to end up being, but it felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Like this dude lives, breathes football, and I think he'd per- be a perfect fit for the Raiders. But guys like that, like they were just sprinkled all over the place, um, uh, Sam, uh, in Indianapolis, and you just saw a, a, a lot of talent. I think this is going to be a pretty 
a depth, a, a, a nice depth to this draft. Uh, you may not have like the, the the Hall of Famers at the top of the draft, but I think there's going to be some really good football players that come out of this group. And I think the Raiders, if they do their homework uh, and execute the plan uh, on draft weekend, they're going to come out with some some impact players. And I'm talking about day one, guys. Well, on top of that, Vinny, as we learned earlier this week, they're going to have a couple additional um, compensatory draft picks too, right? Now up to 11 um, draft picks total, and when you are need to kind of rebuild one side of the ball, you're going to want as many draft picks as possible. As many darts as you can throw on that dartboard, as many opportunities to find guys, to find depth, and like you said, to find day one starters, uh, the Raiders will certainly take those. So, yeah, I, I think, we'll, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll see how everything plays out the next few weeks, but just watching, watching from afar – uh, following along with your coverage, VegasNation.com uh, for, for, for Vinny's combine coverage. But following along with your coverage and, 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 and just the broadcast and, and following along on Twitter um, seemed like it was a, quite the interesting week. Uh, of course, one of the stars of the combine, obviously, Anthony Richardson, Darnell Washington as well, Las Vegas' own, uh, the, t- the tight end uh, out of Georgia. So uh, a lot a lot to like, I think, out of the combine, even even for me here watching in Vegas. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, credit uh, Raiders general manager Dave Ziegler because he was able to uh, uh, to magically come up with uh, four extra draft picks. You know, playing the, the comp game, uh, they lost Zay Jones, uh, you know, nice wide receiver who went on uh, to have a, a pretty nice season with the Jacksonville Jaguars but you know the Raiders got Devontae Adams I think they'll take that trade and oh by the way the fifth round pick that they were able to get for losing Zay Jones uh, and then a sixth round pick for Casey Hayward uh, the cornerback that uh, was here on a one-year deal in 2021 um, the Raiders did not re-sign him obviously he went on to Atlanta uh, and were able to get a sixth round pick out of that but then also you know being able to trade Brian Edwards and Trayvon Mullen and get uh, draft picks uh, out of that. Uh, all of a sudden, the Raiders now went from seven draft picks to four, and I think that's a uh, a pretty good job by Dave Ziegler, uh, because as he put it last week when we were talking to him, you know, when you talk about draft picks, what you're really talking about uh, are, are human beings, players. Yep. You, you yep. know what I'm saying? Uh, those are guys that will if you execute the draft board correctly, could come in and help, whether it's day one, whether it's on special teams, whether it's a long range project, uh, you're talking about assets and players. And so uh, I thought he did a good job uh, increasing the capital that the Raiders have to work with. And they're really going to need that capital, uh, Sam. Let's be honest. They've got a lot of holes defensively at all levels of their defense, defensive line, linebacker, uh, the secondary. Um, I think they have uh, some help that they need along the offensive line and, and Certainly, and we're going to definitely start right here at quarterback. Um, mm. Just, just my, um, you know, uh, observations. I really like CJ Stroud, um, sure. Sam. I, I really like CJ Stroud. I got a chance to talk to him. It's a kid from Rancho Cucamonga. Um, if you're not aware of the map, uh, Rancho Cucamonga is about three and a half hours from Las Vegas. It's in the nine oh nine. Stand up nine oh nine exactly uh, in the in yeah. the Inland Empire uh, over in California. Uh, obviously, uh, then parlayed that into you know a great career at Ohio State, and and he he flat out said uh, he wouldn't mind coming home uh, to play play closer to home. He had a great meeting. He said uh, with Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler. And I think what what really um, struck each side, the player uh, and 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 the Raiders, was the business like approach and their their love for football. Uh, and after the pleasantries, hey, how you doing? How's the family? Blah blah blah. blah. Let's get right to it. Boom, it's all business. And CJ really screamed all business to me, uh, Sam. And then you put on the tape, and and I know that there was some talk about 
whether you know he was he was dynamic enough to to take off and run uh, a couple of things about that first of all he showed against georgia that if need be he has that tool in his toolbox uh but but really sam when you watch the tape you know i think sometimes we get into this um running quarterback deal and athletic quarterback deal and kind of limit ourselves to just taking off and running and not really also thinking about the athletic ability and the sense, you know, the vision um, uh, to be able to just manipulate the pocket and use your legs to buy yourself some time to create some new throwing windows. Um, And I think he's done that. I think he showed that at Ohio State. Um, But I really like this answer from him, uh, Sam, you know, because I asked him about, you know, the athletic ability and about, you know, um, being willing to stand there in the pocket and make throws rather than just take off. And he's like, look, you know, because when you spend eight hours on a play, you know, putting in a play, analyzing it, drawing it up, studying it, practicing it, all that stuff. He goes, what good is that play if I'm like one, two, read, up, oh, take off and run? I'm not doing the play uh, enough service if I'm just bailing out if my first two reads aren't there. Whereas staying in there, letting everything unfold and develop, and then, you know, three and four, you know, checking out those options and making the throw if need be. Uh, or if that's not there, then, then you know, uh, you, you, you do something different. He goes, but if I'm breaking it off that quickly, trust me, when I get to the sidelines, my wide receivers are looking at me a little cross-eyed like, dude, what is going on? Like, that's what my job is to do, is to sit back there and make plays as the play is designed. And you know who taught him that? And I'm kind of going on and on, but I can't wait to get your thoughts on this. Was a his uh, his youth ball coach back in California, and then his high school coach, both of whom he named. I don't have their names uh, with me, but they 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 said, "Look, stay in the pocket and make the throw from the pocket." That's learn to play quarterback from that vantage point, you know. And I I like that because I think you could. He's an athlete enough where if he needs to run, he's going to be able to run. But I'd rather have a guy where you're working it from the opposite side, like that he get normally sometimes you're teaching a guy now and then the pros had to play from the pocket uh, because he's more of a runner versus now you just the, the pocket thing is let's just expand on that and perfect that a little bit more and then maybe add the running to it if need be and i'd rather have a quarterback that that starts from that starting point well I think a lot of the traits you just named, Vinny, when you when I was when I was hearing you kind of des- describe that mold. I, I mean, the first guy that came to mind for me um, was Joe Burrow. Was Joe yeah. Burrow right? He, he not like athlete, moves, manipulates the pocket with his athleticism, and then when push comes to shove, and if you absolutely need him to, or if there's a big 15, 20, 30 yard play to be made, he can make it with his legs. But so, you know, athletic enough to do what you need to do, but definitely uh, likes likes to go down the field and, and go through his progressions or whatnot. Um, I think that, look, that that Joe, Joe Burrows is, is as good as anybody this side of Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. That's not to say that C.J. Shot is going to be Joe Burrow. I'm not I'm not saying that at all. But that approach to quarterbacking, uh, I, I think, is, is is an excellent approach. I think Andrew Luck played played similarly when he had when he was afforded kind of the protection uh, to, to, to do so, go down the field. But if you need to run, you can. And and to your point, I mean, C.J. Shaw proved what he needed to prove, and, and that is um, that he can sling the football. And, he, and at the end of the day, right, it's, it's nice to be able to make plays with your legs, and the top quarterbacks can certainly do so. Uh, but 
it's you got to be able to win the games, win games from the pocket too. And in two years at Ohio State, CJ Stroud completed almost 70 percent of his passes, sixty nine point three percent of his passes, and threw eighty five touchdowns to twelve picks in the biggest game of his college career against a Georgia team loaded with NFL talent. He torched them. So right. from a from a quarterback standpoint, from what you needed to see, I think we saw everything. And then again, the the uh, uh, the, the physical tools, and it's not just having the tools. It's about knowing when to apply them, when when those pockets of yards are there, when it's the right time to take off. We saw him do that to the point we needed to. It doesn't have to be a big part of his game, just as no as just as long as we know it can be a part of his game. I think we saw that. Um, the, the, the throwing session at the combine. I mean, you were there. I, from what it looked incredible on 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 uh, on TV and 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 that supports right we're not I'm not just we're not just basing this off of a throwing session on air it supports the way he threw the football and what we saw from him throwing the football in the Big 10 this season and last season so I think there's a lot to like Vinny there's obviously um, a, a lot to like he has the size the prototypical size at, at the quarterback position not that it's a prerequisite not saying that it is but 63215 is nice uh, in, in in 2023 uh, you, you still want to be able to protect um, against some of the durability concerns that football players face, and uh, and 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 I thought you nailed it in terms of him having the approach, the similar approach uh, as Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. We saw, you know, read your article, uh, and and he said those guys are all business. If he's all business, you, you want to match there. So uh, he's definitely an interesting prospect at the top of the draft. I think as good as any quarterback, at least the way he profiles as a prospect at this point in time. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, and so the question becomes, because, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, Sam and Vinny um, have uh, have uncovered some hidden gem here, right? Uh, I think yeah. the whole world knows about C.J. Stroud, including uh, a bunch of teams that are drafting ahead of the Raiders and some that might be behind the Raiders right now uh, that would think about moving up. So here's the deal. Prop, most likely, unless there's sort of a shocking development on draft day, which could happen. Uh, but short of that, the Raiders would probably have to move up uh, to, in the draft to sign to, to, to draft him. Now, here's the question. And this is where Dave Ziegler and his intelligence in terms of gathering information from outside his own building, trying to get a read on, on what everyone else is going to do and, and um, you know, have a sense of things. I guess my first question to you, Sam, is, where do you think the sweet spot would be, the safe spot would be for the Raiders to move up to to get CJ Stroud? Ooh, that is a that is a great question, Vinny. I think I mean I think the, the first way to do that is just let's kind of go through the order here. Don't you figure the Bears are going to trade out, maybe trade to a team that can draft is going to draft a quarterback? Uh, if they stay there, it seems unlikely they're going to take a quarterback. We know Houston needs a quarterback. We know Indianapolis needs a quarterback. Seattle at five. Uh, I don't know if it's smoke screens. I don't know what, you know, that there's, this is smoke screen season. First and foremost, this is leverage season and rightfully so as it should be. They just signed Geno Smith to, to, to that extension. Well, that, that he earned with his play this year, but at the same time, I don't think there's a sense that he's necessarily the long-term answer. So, Hey, maybe they would draft a quarterback there with Geno Smith uh, as a, a potential bridge. It certainly makes sense whether it's a smoke screen or not. Detroit Lions, I think are in great shape with Jared, with Jared Goff. So I think, Vinny, in order to to want a, a really good shot at it, I think you'd probably have to trade. You'd probably be looking at that like that three four range, depending on what the Indianapolis Colts do to kind of guarantee. You know, if you figure that Bryce Young is the first quarterback or whoever whoever trades up to that number one pick uh, and, and goes, it feels like Bryce Young seems to be the guy at, at this point. Uh, you'd want to ensure that that 
getting you know CJ Stroud if he's your guy I think you probably want to be three and certainly no later than four what how do you how do you feel about it yeah I'm thinking three as well and um this is where I think it, it I think it could break correctly for the Raiders in this scenario the that that the the Houston Texans stave off everybody else in terms of trading up by trading up, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and and swapping spots with the, um, you know, with the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears fall to number two. The Houston Texans give what they need to give to move to number one. So now they get to decide who the best quarterback is. I would presume, I would think, I would guess that that would be um, Bryce Young, right? Yep. That, that that's who they would that's that's who they would draft. That to me would be the ideal situation for the Raiders to then work out a trade with the Arizona Cardinals at number three. Because if the Bears go to number two, um you would unless they were decided to trade down again, which um I don't know if they would necessarily need to after they get whatever they're going to get from the Houston Texans in that scenario, the Bears at number two are going to draft every anything else but a quarterback, right? Uh, and so getting to number three then would leave the Raiders the ability to to then decide who the next best quarterback is, whether that's C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Maybe it's Will Levis, Lord Levis. We don't know. But at the very least, it should, I think, get them in position to, to, to draft C.J. Stroud if that's their guy. Yeah, and I think, Vinny, normally rookie quarterbacks, I mean, you're going through it like when you're taking this early in the draft, you're going through a bad team, right? But the Raiders are, are uniquely positioned in that – they have whatever quarterback comes in there. They should have really, really good skill position players, right? Devontae Adams under contract for a couple more seasons. Darren Waller locked in. Hunter Renfro, solid offensive line. Not if unspectacular, maybe unspectacular, but solid offensive line. Certainly better than I think a lot of us thought it was going to be going into the 2022 season. And then Josh Jacobs under team control, as you touched on in today's review journal with an update on his situation uh, as well. The NFL's leading rusher. So, Whatever quarterback comes in is going to be uniquely positioned, I think, where they're not going to have to carry a crazy burden right away. It would be a, a position where you're supported by a running game, you have great players on the perimeter, and you have an offensive line that can keep you upright. It's not going to be a, a Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati type situation or an Andrew Luck going to the Indianapolis Colts type situation where it's a total rebuild on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, that's what I think makes this intriguing you know, for for a rookie quarterback, you introduced the possibility a few weeks ago is could a rookie come in there and shepherd the Raiders to a to a competitive kind of season? I think there's a scenario. Look, is is there potentially a ceiling? I would suppose so. It's it's hard. We haven't seen a rookie make a, a crazy deep run. But with all that being said, a rookie there there are certainly a lot worse situations a rookie could quarterback could step into um, than Las Vegas. So so I I say all that to say. If, if, if C.J. Stroud, if they believe he's the guy, generally speaking, I'm not necessarily a fan of trading up. I think you have to be super, super solid with who you're taking, and it has to be kind of a situational thing. But being that situationally, the Raiders right now, whoever comes in and steps in and plays quarterback is inheriting a, a, a pretty solid situation, all things considered. Um, I think it would ha- it would definitely be worth considering, and, and that leads me to, to ask you this, Vinny. What kind of package would it require, do you think, from the Raiders to go from seven to three? Like, is there anything that might be forming? Do you have any sense at, at this point? I'm assuming that there have been, you know, a number of teams discussing what it's like to trade up. Like, what what is that package? What does that price look like? 
Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Yeah, and the good news to the Raiders in that um, scenario is that at number seven, they're pretty well positioned. I mean, somebody from behind them would have to give up more, right? Um, right? Uh, so, so they're in a pretty good starting position. Boy, uh, and I, I asked people in the NFL uh, last week um, that very, very question, and, and it's like it could be anything. Here's the thing, you know, how motivated are the Raiders? And then also, how motivated are the Cardinals to drop down? You you know, everyone's like, just trade up. Well, you have to convince some team <laughs> to trade down, right? Um, so you have to make it worth their while. Uh, boy, of course, it's going to take your number seven pick, right? Your second round pick? Sure. Number 38? And maybe next year's number one? You know? I mean, are you, does that, does that, does that sound like a, a, a winning ticket right there? If you're the, um, does that make sense for the Arizona Cardinals right there? I mean, I, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, yeah, that definitely, I, I mean, I don't think twice about that, especially with where they're positioned right now with a brand new head coach and trying to want to get their program going. You need players, right? You need players. You have Kyler Murray you're kind of locked into this situation where you know, he's going to be your quarterback. He's coming off of an injury. You hope you can get the support he needs. Uh, with a new staff, right, and, and maybe change the approach a little bit down there in Arizona. And if I'm if I was a new head coach uh, inheriting a brand new situation, I would want as much as much draft capital, uh, premium draft capital as possible. I think that would get it done without question. If I'm Arizona, I mean, are, now are, from the Raiders' perspective, are you willing to do that? If I'm the Raiders, if I'm the Raiders, I'm oof, that might be a little much. I might, I might, I might say, hold on, Arizona, do you need my one next year? Can 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 I give you a second next year? Because we're only, you're only falling back four spots. You're still going to get a premium player. You don't need a quarterback. You're probably not to. You know, you don't need a quarterback. You're still getting a big time player at number seven. Like, can can I give you my second next year instead? Maybe that's my approach. I'm not. I'm a little hesitant to give up my one. And I, Vinny, also. I mean, let me just introduce this right now. Anthony Richardson was the star of the combine, right? I don't think there's any question about that. Might he be a possibility if 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 the price is too high to trade up the three for CJ Stroud? Where where is this? Has he played himself into the top five? Like, where's the sense that he's going to go? Well, I'll go one further. What about Will, Will Levis? You know, I mean, would you let, let, let's put, okay. So I think what you're suggesting and probably what I'm suggesting too, is could you afford to sit at number seven and hope that either of those two guys fall to you? And, and here's, here's, here's the thing, you know, having some conversations with um, some people yeah, that have been around a long time, you know, uh, and, and okay. So we're saying four quarterbacks might go now in the top 10, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't use the language that uh, that um, you know, but it was basically fat bleeping chance that all four of those guys, when it's all said and done, are going to be franchise caliber quarterbacks, or even sometimes you know that's the thing, man. It's imperfect, right? Well, statistically, yeah. <laughs> it's like so, and so, so, so. Here's the thing. I mean. <laughs> Like, are you sure that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be really sure, especially to use, even this, even to sit back and just, just execute something uh, at number seven, um, yeah. that, that, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, but the odds, the odds of all four of those guys, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis being 
quote unquote spectacular quarterbacks are pretty low historically. Like, like I, I, I was, and this has nothing to do against them or them in particular at all. Not, not even using their names. It's just you're telling me, like I, I like I, I, I had somebody tell me you're telling me four quarterbacks of this draft are going to be, you know, uh, quote unquote franchise caliber quarterbacks. When's the last draft that ever really happened? Uh- Marino, Elway, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, Jason Point, right? 2021, that was, quote-unquote, the best quarterback draft class we've ever seen, right? Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Jones, uh, Justin Fields, all big-time quarterback prospects. Like, right now, the only guy we're sure about in 2022, going into 2023 season, is Trevor Lawrence. There's still major question marks, not that we're writing anybody off by any means, but we, there's still, I think, more that their respective teams for the other three guys want to see. And in the case of Trey Lance, it's an unfortunate situation altogether. So, again, case in point, it, there's so much that – it's an imperfect science. There's so much that, that that goes into this. Could you could you wait at number seven and take your guy? Or are there other – you know, are there other alternatives? Is it a veteran quarterback and a – maybe a Tanner McKee, a Hendon Hooker? Like, I think – the, as we've discussed on previous pods, Vinny, it's, it's what makes the Raiders this position so unique and why there are so many talking points, why we keep revisiting this with each particular podcast that we do is that these are undoubtedly conversations that are being had, right? And that the Raiders are having that and other teams are having uh, around the NFL, as you know, as you were able to just report on the pod, that these are conversations that GMs are having, right? Let's go back to 2020. Justin Herbert, yes. Joe Burrow, yes. But then who else was taken in that first round? Tua? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So once you get past, you know, sometimes those two guys, that's that's where you, you better be damn well sure, right? Zach, that, Zach Wilson in that 2021 draft, too. Forgot Zach about Wilson. him. Zach Wilson. Was, he was the highest. Of, wasn't he the highest? He was the number two pick. He was right after Trevor Lawrence. So, yes, exactly. And, and all these guys at the time, right? Big time, bona fide prospects it's an imperfect science and 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 that's what why so many of these conversations are being had around the nfl this time of year right uh let's go to uh sam darnold baker mayfield uh who else is in that draft like you know um yeah. it's right so so i and i guess what the point that that uh, this coach was, was was trying to uh make was that what's the realistic chances that all four of these guys are going to be the guy, you know? So if you sit in there and say, well, we'll take, you know, uh, we'll, we'll take, we'll leave it Levis at number seven, not take anything away from Mo Levis. Cause he might be the guy that breaks through, you know, or maybe it is Anthony Richardson and CJ and Bryce weren't that it's just, it's mathematically speaking, historically speaking, percentage wise speaking, uh, it's almost a fat chance that all four of these guys are going to hit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's again, that's just the reality of the situation from a from a probability standpoint. That is the most likely outcome. I think it's more realistic that maybe you know two of the four, right? Right. That wouldn't be shocking. And a lot of the times when 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 quarterbacks don't work out or when first round quarterbacks don't, I mean, situation, co- you know, coaching, roster support, like there's all these elements that go into it, you know. So it makes for fascinating discourse, not not just with me and you on the pod, but with teams that have real stakes and have to make a real decision uh, coming up here in about six, seven weeks. Yeah. And so now uh, the question becomes, if there is some uncertainty, which, you know, there's there's always going to be uncertainty. You just cannot predict, you know, whether these guys are actually going to break through or not. So then the question becomes and why next week becomes so important. 
do you do you cover yourself a little bit? Do you create some coverage by going out and getting a Jimmy G? Um, you know, uh, uh, for on a just not just just in case basis, but somebody that's going to be able to, you know, potentially stabilize the position at least in 2023, give whoever the young guy is, if you even draft a quarterback in that scenario, uh, a chance to develop and sit behind him. Is that what you should do so that you're not putting all your eggs in, in the rookie uh, and in the draft? I've tweeted a couple of times. There's short term and there's long term, right? In the NFL, there's, you have to manage both at the same time. And it's really hard. Nobody's saying it's easy. And that's why, these executives and coaches get paid the, the money they do is to, is to run these, you know, multi-billion dollar businesses and help make the decisions that uh, affect the outcomes. Right. Uh, as it pertains to 2023, depending on price point, And I think a lot of this depends on on Jimmy Garoppolo's market, which seems to from what I've gathered, you know, he's going to have some suitors. So maybe it drives up more than you're willing to pay. I, I wouldn't want to pay like premium, premium money necessarily for Jimmy Garoppolo I would you know but but at the right price and I do think that that teams are right to have a little bit of pause because of some of the injury concerns he hasn't finished the last couple seasons but when he's healthy and available Vinny he's a proven distributor of the football right all the knocks on the guy I've never seen a quarterback criticized more for winning games than Jimmy Garoppolo like when he is out there and available the 49ers generally win. I believe it's a starting uh, as as a starting quarterback, a record of 41 and 19. And I know that's not just a quarterback stat, but he's not he's not screwing things up. And and I, I that it, it sounds oversimplified, like it's the easiest thing to do, but it's not right. And and I think he gives you a little bit more upside in just not screwing things up. He's got a career passer rating of 99.6. That's one of the best in NFL history. He doesn't. You know, he he's completion, uh, completion percentage, 67.6. And everything that, that you hear and read about Jimmy Garoppolo and, and that, that from, from hearing from folks around the NFL, uh, he's a class guy. And the leadership and the intangibles are there. And this is a team sport. And if you're Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, you're trying to build a winning culture. And he comes from a winning culture, not only in New England, but in San Francisco, that I think he probably had, you know, a responsibility in helping create with his play. Um, during his time here, but you bring an adult in at quarterback, a guy that's played in a ton of big games, that's won big games, contrary to popular belief, who's won big games, who started at quarterback on the road, won big playoff games, that's played in the Super Bowl, uh, and, and is familiar systematically with what uh, Josh McDaniels wants to do. So I, I view him as a floor raiser. That's 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 the the term I think that I think is best appropriate at this point the, the Raiders were six and 11 last year is Jimmy Garoppolo a, a major t- talent upgrade over Derek Carr not necessarily but there's a world in which he manages those situations uh, a little better and, and maybe maintain your competitiveness this season right you continue establishing your culture you continue to use all your draft capital and building a defense and then you draft a younger quarterback in the second or third round uh, and, and go the developmental route from there. So I think there's a lot of merit in that. I think in 2023, if you're talking about winning games, he would be the safest bet of the available options. I don't want to trade premium draft capital if I'm the Raiders for Aaron Rodgers. That that ship has clearly sailed with him negotiating or him having discussions um, with the Jets. I think among the options in 2023 with his track record, with what he's been able to do and with his ability to accurately distribute the football while being supported with a running game like he would have with Josh Jacobs, I think you can win win games with Jimmy Garoppolo and still build out your defense depending on the price. Derek Carr's record when his teams surrendered 20 points or fewer, 28 and 17. Jimmy Garoppolo's record 
when his teams have have uh, allowed 20 points or fewer, 25 and 3. 25 and 3 for Jimmy G, 28 and 7 for Derek Carr. All right. When Jimmy G's teams have given up 30 or more points, his record as a starting quarterback is 4 and 8, 500 record. When Derek Carr's team gave up 30 or more points, his record was 12 and 40. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I don't know necessarily what to make of those stats, but I think it goes to your point, which is, I mean, the guy helps you win football games. That's, that's, he's not losing you games. Uh, he's not maybe necessarily the reason that they win, but gosh darn it. When I look at those numbers compared to the, to, to Derek Carr, nothing against Derek Carr, but all things being equal in terms of what your defense is giving up, the, the record speaks for itself and it's much better for Jimmy G. Um, let's not forget Vinny from, again, I, this goes back to, I think some of the leadership and the intangibles and this is football. This is a team sport and those things matter a ton, right? Those are super, super important in all sports, but I think especially the NFL, um, he was put in some impossible situations the last couple of years with just with, with uh, having to, 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 to start in front of train Lance, knowing that the team wanted to replace him, uh, them trying to move on from him, him playing through an injury, coming back, accepting a backup role, then sliding in, being a starter. The team doesn't miss a beat. Uh, he's played through injuries. Like, like there's a lot to like with, with, from an intangible perspective um, from, from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I do think Derek Carr had his qualities as, and his leadership uh, intangibles as well. But again, Jimmy G, this is he has a, a more proven track record as a starting quarterback. We know he can distribute the football. And I'm sorry that he missed a throw by a couple feet to lose to Patrick Mahomes. Like he's not <laughs> the first guy that lost to Patrick Mahomes. He won't be the last. I don't think it's a knock on him that he didn't win a Super Bowl or that he didn't beat Matthew Stafford in the NFC Championship game last year. Like he's a really, really good quarterback. He's rock solid. And I think because he maybe maybe unspectacular in the way that some of the other elite quarterbacks are. And I'm not necessarily saying he's elite, but it, it, he doesn't have that kind of spectacular quality um, to him. I think a lot of what he's able to do, uh, it gets undervalued. I, th- I think he's definitely a stabilizer. He's he's accurate with the football. Uh, he, he, he got the ball to, to his playmakers in, in San Francisco. And I think, again, the familiarity with Josh McDaniels, it really never seemed quite like him and Derek Carr we're on the same page. Derek Carr had his worst year. The Raiders struggled in some in some big spots. We know that there's a history there where those two worked well together for several for several years, even though Jimmy Garoppolo was in a backup bowl in New England. There's a working relationship there that goes back a long time. Um, he's been a professional in, in every situation he's he, he stepped in. And I think he steps in day one um, with the Raiders and, and, and would at least, you know, he would give them, I think, more credibility than, than a, a unproven kind of bridge like like Jared Stidham would or, or somebody like Jacoby Brissett. I know those are cheaper options um, and whatnot, but I just don't think – I think there you, there is pressure. Um, you you want to compete. You, like, like Mark Davis doesn't want his stadium f- full of other teams' fans. Like you want to – you want to have a good product for fans at Allegiant Stadium. I think you can have that with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not saying you're necessarily going to win the Super Bowl per se, but I think in a division that's loaded at quarterback and that just added Sean Payton to it, we know Jimmy Garoppolo has been in a bunch of big games against a bunch of other top quarterbacks. And say say whatever you want, assign whatever reasoning you want to for why they won those games. He has quarterbacked his teams to victories in big games over other really good quarterbacks. So I, I would feel comfortable if I were the Raiders having them in the short term, again, depending on the price point, 
as I build out the rest of the roster for the eventual franchise quarterback. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it'll be an interesting week next week to see what the Raiders do in free agency, especially how it relates to quarterback, because that could dictate what they ultimately do uh, on draft weekend later in April. It may or may not, too. Uh, I think the Raiders are uh, fully intent on finding their franchise quarterback. I don't think they believe that franchise quarterback uh, is going to be in free agency, but I also don't think that the Raiders necessarily believe one way or another that that franchise quarterback is in the draft either. So they may have to get a stopgap. Uh, this year on their way uh, to finding their franchise quarterback. And if people want to complain and say, well, they had their franchise quarterback in Derek Carr, they didn't think he was the franchise quarterback. That's the decision that they made. So um, even keeping him wouldn't have meant that they had their long-range answer because they didn't believe that he was. And that's just the fact of the matter. Uh, But next week, kicks off. Uh, Legal tampering period begins on the 13th, which is Monday. Uh, You'll start hearing about uh, deals that have been um, negotiated and and agreed upon. You can't officially announce it until later in the week when the new league year starts, but it's going to be hot and heavy. It's going to be frenzied, and I think it's going to be telling, too, uh, uh, Sam, in terms of what direction the Raiders ultimately take uh, in the the draft. But whatever happens, we're going to be here for for everybody, and we're going to be talking about it. We might have to do a couple of emergency uh, uh, podcast next week, Sam, just letting you know, uh, because the news is going to be pretty hot and heavy. So uh, we're going to try to be all over it as we always are. Uh, until then, thanks to all our listeners. Have a great weekend. Enjoy these next couple of days of uh, sort of calm uh, because the uh, the tornado and the tsunami is coming and it starts on Monday. Sam, thank you for doing a great job. Always appreciate uh, your input. You know that. Larry Mira, thanks for being really flexible this week. Uh, we, were, we had some stops and starts and all that kind of stuff. It happened. Larry was all over it. We appreciate you, brother. Uh, And to our listeners, thank you so much. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. 